continuing on a sermon series that we started entitled Name Brand. Uh, and last week we looked at what is your name. And we're going to continue. Uh, part two is what is his name. So before I, I go into that, I want to let you know that um, we had our first live strategic planning session I, uh, in the month of uh, July. The Lord spoke to me to preach on strategic season. And uh, the conclusion of that, we had a special session for those who wanted to come and actually wanted to create a strategic life portfolio. And we had about 16 people show up for that. And we also had some interests that were expressed uh, through the posting on Facebook. And so we, uh, and we know some of you can be here. So we're going to have another one. Uh, this will be the, the last one uh, that will be offered um, for the summer. And so on August the 29th, Monday, August 29th, we'll be having a strategic life uh, planning session. I want you to come. And we're going to walk you through uh, the journey of actually creating a life strategic plan. I am convinced, listen to me, I'm convinced that every believer must live a life of intentionality. They must live a life that is strategic and that is governed by God. So we will not be deceived, we will not waste our resources, and we will live a life of purpose. And so we want you to come and do that. So the message in the month of July was prophetic. And this is the practical side of it. The Lord spoke to me and he says, many of my people walk in revelation. They walk in the prophetic, but they don't have any practical means of executing that which I've given them. And so he said, revelation will always lead you to resource. Revelation will always lead you to resource. And please understand that this economy, this world, the best they can do is to teach you and to prepare you for scarcity. They prepare you for lack. That's what they do. They prepare you for lack. And what happens is because you're bombarded by the media of lack, when you hear a message of prosperity, you're now confused. But I'm here to tell you how many here have an expectation to encounter God this morning. Okay. So you have now prepared yourself to live in abundance. And so we want to invite you. It starts at 630. It's in your bulletin as well. Um, overflow, as I was sitting there listening to the worship team as they were ministering, uh, the Lord just laid in my heart again. He says, I want you to do the overflow as a Sunday night service once a month, uh, a Sunday night once a month. And so I'm going to meet with the worship team, and I would like to launch that in September, hopefully by October, that we can have a once a month overflow. Because for some that were here, maybe your first time at the gathering place, what you experienced were the four things that we believe in. What you are hearing and what you're going to continue to hear is that we believe prosperity is in Jesus Christ alone. And as I finish my message today, I believe you're going to, whether you're convinced of that or not, it's a reality, it's a truth. But the second thing you heard, the cry of the people of God, was we believe in passionate worship. And so there's times when we have outlined the songs that are going to be sung, and God will just move upon the hearts of the people, and it's called passion. And when you're passionate about something, you cry out to God. And so you heard some people just crying out to God because of their devotion to him. So don't be nervous. Don't freak out. Don't be scared. Join us and cry out to God as well. And so we believe in passionate worship. And so the overflow is really going to be a time of where we're just crying out to God, crying out for our city, crying out for God to just minister, to heal, to deliver, to set free. Uh, because God loves his people. He really does. God really loves his people. And I'm going to hopefully, um, by the power and the presence of God, share with you today that the world just doesn't know how good God is. They really don't know how good God is. And some of that is because the church doesn't know how good God really is. But hopefully today as you're launched into your assignments that you will go declaring that God is good. That God is good. That God is really, really good. Amen. So those things we just want to uh, share with you in terms of announcements. And uh, we're excited about an opportunity as well for us to give. Uh, we believe God is bigger than the gathering place. So on the 28th of August we'll be uh, receiving and inviting you to participate in our culture generosity as we're going to be sowing into the city. I'm going to be going to the uh, mayor and the uh, police department and says, we just want to bless the city. What need do you have that we can just sow some finance into that? Because we operate from abundance. Amen. We don't have the same budget as the city. Come on. 
Amen. We offer in abundance, and so we're going to invite you to participate in that, and, and hopefully you're going, you're going to be blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, get your Bibles with you, and those who are joining us, whether through um, audio or you are watching this video, uh, we thank God for our media ministry. This, these messages, and, and because of your faithfulness and giving to this ministry, uh, and, and the prosperity that God is bringing to this ministry, our messages are being heard in different nations. Um, we get a report, and they're telling us that different people in different parts of, the, of, of America are listening to the message, and also uh, people from uh, different nations are listening. So, um, you have a national voice. Amen. Lord, you got to help me this morning, because where you want to take these people, Lord God... <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hope it doesn't, hope you don't experience no turbulence, but we're going somewhere this morning. So fasten your seatbelt. Amen. The pilot, Jesus, is flying this thing, and he's going to another altitude. Um, so you've got to fasten your seatbelt. Um, and so I want us to understand as, I, as I'm going to, to teach this message, and, and I'm going to pray in a minute because I need for you to pray for me because there are times where I just get one word and just a revelation i just go off and start to head start sweating and i start to give you the news and the weather come on you know what i mean and i gotta make sure i hold it back and and stay within my boundaries amen that larry has put for me so i don't i don't i don't cross over them i can't cross over that boundary right there so i'm gonna do my best amen to, to do that to do that Okay, with your Bibles in your hands, please turn to Isaiah 46, verse 3 and 5. The book of Isaiah 46, 3 and 5. Again, for those who are visiting with for the first time, if you look over to my right, there is a cross over there. And if you have a prayer request, if you have a loved one, that you're believing God, that you want God to encounter their lives, to set them free, for them to come to know Christ. Or if it's for you, that you're believing God for a house and get out of debt, whatever you believe in God for, this is a house that we take the limits off of what we can believe God for. After service, get right on the back of that card, nail it to the cross, and um, we're going to be praying, uh, and we'll continue to pray over those prayer requests. Uh, And for those who are listening, if you want to send in your prayer requests um, to our website or to our email, I should say, we can take your prayer request as well and make sure we nail it to the cross so we come together and believe God um, that he is... Uh, well able uh, to meet every single need uh, that we have. Amen. Are you at Isaiah 46, verse 3 to 5? Okay, then I want you to go back then to the book of Exodus. Uh, Exodus, given the uh, name of coming out, the word Exodus, exit, to come out of something. Uh, We're going to then go to Exodus 3, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, which is what has given us the title of this second message in this theme entitled name brand or brand name. So Isaiah 46 verse 3 to 5 and then we will go back to Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. For your convenience and your bulletin if you have one you can follow along as I give you four points and launch you out of here um, hopefully so excited that you do cartwheels um, or you even sing in the rain Amen. as you, as you get out of here. Uh, in, in this weather. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 46, verse 3 to 5. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born. There is so much revelation in that. Let me continue on because I will stay there forever. Even to your old age, and gray hairs. I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? If you notice the prophet as he is Receiving the revelation from God. And I thank God that as he uses broken vessels, he blesses us so he can use us. Isaiah was a prophet who said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. But God recognizes that he has chosen to use you and I to bring a prophetic word to a nation. 
He says he took from the coal and he touched his lips. He says, be my voice. And so I'm encouraging you this morning that you are the voice of God. And as you receive revelation from God, you then will go to your audience and say, listen to me. Underline that word or write that word down. Listen to me. God loves America. I know that when we listen and when we look and when we investigate, there may not be a lot to love. But God doesn't love like how we love. And isn't it interesting, the climate and the culture of which we live in, love is being spread all over the place. So God has an audience and he wants us to declare his agape love, his unconditional love for America. Now throughout the Old Testament, he's dealing with the nation of Israel, his chosen people. And as we anticipate the return of our Savior, the return of our King, we look to Israel as the time clock. Prophetically, we look to them because the scriptures unveil God's dealing with one nation and we can extract application that speaks to our nation. Are you hearing me this morning, gathering place? You have a voice in the Western civilization to declare a truth. And so I need for you then, as you launch out of here, as you find your audience to say, listen to me. I have a message to declare. I have a message to declare. As we looked at these uh, few verses, uh, the first message, what is your name, is found in this, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob. And we looked last week at Jacob, and, and, and we looked at how the name in the Hebrew, or the word name in the Hebrew, when it's pronounced, can be interpreted or could sound like the word shame. And we went on that journey. And as I was sharing this message with people, and for the number of years, August 16, 1988, when I gave my heart to Christ, and, and many pastors or preachers will say this, that, that the message, the revelation that they've received is the greatest revelation so far. And I say that, that the greatest revelation thus far in my journey, on my walk, is the one I got on Sunday. That message was so powerful as I was sharing with people, and I talked, and I said, Tithe surely is marketed, it can get the stain out. But it's only the blood that can get the sin out. And if we truly want to live a people that is pushing back the fear of shame, it is the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so we just don't want to wash the stain out. We want and we believe that the blood of Jesus has taken the sin out. Mm. And it's only, watch this, people will listen to a message like that. The challenge is how do I walk that out in my daily life. That's where the challenge comes in. As parents, we can, we can tell our children truths that will transform their lives, right? But it's, it's walking that out that seems to be the difficulty. I was telling Magon that, that, that I know that as I'm turned 46 today... And I was praying and thanking God for all the people that were influential in my life to get me to where I'm at right now. I thank God for the many pastors and those who have labored and those who have loved me through challenging times. I, I, I thank them for that. But I believe that this is the year that the books he has placed inside of me needs to come out because there's a people I need to say, listen to me. And it may come through, thank you Holy Ghost, listen to this, this is the revelation. It may come through a song, listen to me. It may come to a song you write, Richie. It may come to the song that you write, Ian, or you write, Emily. Our worship team is so gifted that they're all leaders in their capacity to touch heaven and sing a song that can transform your life. 
And so, for some of you, it might be your platform, might be a book that's inside of you. It might be a business that you start. Listen to me. It's a powerful statement of that I have something I must get out. There's something I must share. And you may make it personal. Listen to me, Marion. And what happens many times when we, is when we declare, listen to me, we then look back in our lives and we think, God, I'm not worthy to be the spokesperson for you. And that's because we're looking within and not looking up. And so he says, listen to me. And so I said, honey, this is the year I'm going to get this book out. And I said, it, 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 the book now, and I've got the title and, and we witness it together. It's called Dominate Your Day. Seven simple strategic steps. And I said, it's my gift to the gathering place because God has given me a platform here to, 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 to speak to a blessed, a bold, a beautiful people to say, this is my gift to you. Free of charge. This is my gift to you. That you would dominate your day and say, listen to me. I have to make the most of this day. I have to make the most of this day. T.D. Jakes, I, was, I received a, 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 a post and I was listening to it. And his message was, was what are you going to do with the time you have? And many people may have your agreements or whatever with, with, these, with, with these preachers. And, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When God has given you a voice, when God has elevated to a place of, of prominence in the nation, it requires you to have more humility the higher he takes you. And so when I hear a voice that God is using, I extract from the voice that God is using to say, what do you want me to hear, God? And I don't believe it was a coincidence that he's talking and he's saying, as he's progressing in age, as he has, as he has labored and as he has transformed America and he's getting to a place, he asked the question, what are you going to do with the time that you have left? He's asking a question of legacy. And so I looked at that and and I reposted and I sent it and I said, how much more we must be strategic in what we're doing in these last days? Are you with me, gathering place? Are you with me? I just believe God wants me, before I move on, to hear these words and listen to me. And how, in the life of Moses, we're going to get to it, how those three words transformed his life personally and transformed the nation. And so when our children that we're sending off to school. We have educators who are saying, listen to me. And if they're not rooted in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we send them off to, 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 to school of higher learning, they come back questioning the very faith that you labored so hard to the positive side of them. That ought not be the key. That ought not be the reason. That ought not be the case. Because when we understand this question, what is his name? That's what this generation is asking. What is his name? Exodus chapter 3 verse 13. Then Moses said to God, what a relationship that Moses had with the supernatural. And if you look at this story and the life of Moses, for those who may have never heard about the story of Moses, it says this, and one of the messages, it's going to be this. How many of you have heard, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? We heard that, right? It's, it's, it's names never hurt me, and, and that's a lie. That's a lie. Names are powerful. But the Lord said to me, here's the truth of that statement. He said, name will never hurt me. What is his name? Name will never hurt me. So because we know that's not true, names will never hurt me. God is saying now, the question that's being asked is, what is his name? And God is saying, the next best I'll be sure, his name will never hurt me. Now watch this now, watch this. Lock and load with me. This 
conversation with Moses and God begins in Exodus 3 where Moses now was leading the flock of God because when he was in Egypt earlier he went to a people and said listen to me and they wouldn't listen they brought up his shame oh God his shame became fame we know what you did you can't speak to us. You have no voice for us. Though he was bringing a voice of deliverance, he was bringing a voice of prosperity. The people said, we're not going to listen to you because we know your shame. And so he said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but name will never hurt me. No, according to Moses, it caused him to go on a flight out of fear for what was exposed and he goes out and now he his, his occupation is to be a voice but now he's leading sheep but rather he's supposed to be leading the nation and here he's leading sheep that are that, that, that don't listen but God is saying look at the comparison they wouldn't listen so I'm going to teach you how to lead animals that don't listen so you can understand it's me they need to listen to And so here he is, he leads it now. And this is where it says, name will never hurt me. Watch this now. And so Moses leads the sheep. He, he, he leads the sheep. And the Bible says that he's looked, he looked. So he listened and then he looked. And he looked over to this side and he saw something that was supernatural. In his day-to-day, in his day-to-day, in his day-to-day, dominating his day, he then looked. Someone say, look. Oh, come on. You got to look. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your opportunity to encounter God. Because God has something for you to do. He wants to give you a voice. And I'm not talking the reality show. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the revelation. He wants to give you a voice. And you may not be able to naturally sing in key or sing in tune or sing in harmony. But when you have the voice of God. Not only will you listen, you will look. Isn't that what we're trying to do, Ian? Isn't that what you tried to do, bringing up your children, was to listen and then look. That's what the Ellis family was trying to do. That's what we're trying to do as parents. And as you get older now, what happens now is that you have to then be able to say, what did my mommy and daddy talk to me about? I need to now see what they said. I got to see the things that they talked about. And he looks and watches now. This, he sees the supernatural. The bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. When the enemy gets a hold of you, he consumes you and throws you away. Because names will hurt you. But God now Birds in this bush, but it's not consumed. So Moses says, this is not like that. He says, now let's have a conversation. And when you understand that God is not like that, but he's this, you'll look and say, let's talk, baby. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Let's talk. Because I'm witnessing a supernatural encounter that has got my attention. You, you, you have my attention now. And so here he now is having a conversation and they're going back and forth. And verse 13 says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel, Isaiah 46, and say to them, The God of your fathers have sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? I tried it in my way. It didn't work. And all of a sudden now you want me to go back to these people. He wants to use you, young man, to go back to these people and say, I heard from God. I got a revelation from God. And now what do you want me to tell them? Your name. Your name. So watch this now. In any relationship, any relationship, whether you're married, whether you're dating, whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher, in every relationship, the first thing you must be able to do is to have a conversation. If you cannot, so point number one is this. In answering the question, what is his name? The first thing is, we have to have a conversation. There's got to be a dialogue. Okay? And so, at work and at restaurants, and I'm encouraging you to do this. Whenever you go out to eat and someone is serving you, see if they have their name tags on. And call them by their name. 
hey, thank you, Fred, for serving me. And thank you, uh, Barbara, for serving me. And call them by their name. And I'm telling you why. Because that opens up a conversation. It opens up a conversation. I, I read one time that this woman was, was, was serving, uh, I, I believe, I'm not, don't quote me on it, you know, check the facts, but I believe it was, it was Dave Ramsey and some real estate person was there. And the lady who was serving didn't know who it was that she was serving. And so because it was so elegant and it was just professional and it was awesome, she says, I want to hire you. I want to hire you because, because the way you served me and the way you are professional about it, it created a promotion. So I'm going to tell you what you're doing right now. Not only listen, excuse me, but look. God has a promotion and I'm going to get to it because one of the names that we look at for God is Jehovah Jireh. Come on, and it's only mentioned one time in the Bible. And it's where he said, look. He was listening to God, but when he got to a place now, God says, look, I already laid your provision in there. And for some of you, prophetic, I'm declaring right now, God is saying, you, you, you're listening, but now you need to look. That's it. You've been listening, but it's time to look. Okay? And he continues on. And so the first thing is conversation. Well, well Dale Carnegie then understood the power of a name. He says that any conversation you're going to have, when you encounter someone for the first time, you have to ask the question, what is your name? Now, what's interesting is this, and I got my stroller, is that as you are pushing around the stroller and you get to a certain point and you meet somebody for the very first time and they come and says, oh, hi, what is your name? And so you polite you have a conversation but you're carrying something so I have to acknowledge what you're carrying and so I ask you as the origin of this what you're carrying I said what is your name so that was Jacob and God said what is your name but now part two says what is his name what are you carrying and so the question becomes that after conversation if they're polite, they will say, what is his name? Let's give an identity to this child. So I said to you, what is your name? But I don't say, what is your name? I ask you, what is his name? Because when the child is able to talk, the child will say whatever you said the child So I'm asking you, what name did you give this child? What is his name? So then I can identify and I can then say, okay, I know who this child is. Because please understand this, right? Dale Carnegie said, how to win friends and influence is that people like to know their name. People say, when you say someone's name, it's the sweetest sound in all the world. Is when you say someone's name. When I say Leo, there's something that just, oh, they're talking to me. It's, oh, I got to listen now because my name was called. I have to listen now to what was said. I have to listen. And so the first point is this. Conversation, what's your name? What is your name? Watch this now. In verse 4 of Exodus chapter 3, verse 4 says, When the Lord saw that he had gone to look, God called him from the bush. And God then says, he called him, he says, Moses, Moses. So the, the, the voice is coming from the burning bush. It says, Moses, Moses. The conversation began with knowing your name. So God then is the original author of how to win friends and influence people. He calls you by name and so he's saying if you take this strategy and you take it to the business realm oh God doors will open for you. Church listen to me. Listen to me. There's no way and those who are listening there's no way that anyone who is not serving God can be prosperous and we as the people of God are living in lack. We're living in fear. That is not the God that we serve. The reason why is they're using principles that God released into the earth realm and they're getting a hold of it whether they're saved or not. They're getting a hold of a law and they're using the law to progress and to promote their agenda. They use people's name. They read the book. You read anyone, any individual who has influence says, oh, the book I have on my shelf is how to win friends and influence people. 
is this one of the principles know their name so when you know people's name they're going to be able to open up opportunities open up doors for you the second thing is this when you name someone what is his name it's number two the circumstance behind the name the circumstance behind the name and watch this now. In the biblical times now, it went more from just a conversation. In the biblical uh, times, a name meant something. A name was typically birthed out of a circumstance, out of a situation. They didn't just pick a name because they had nothing else to do. They were strategic in what they called this child. Because they believed whatever we name this child, their destiny will follow what we name this child. And so they were very strategic in, in how they named their child, what came out of them. And it was typically based on the circumstance. And so Moses, his name was given because of the circumstance that he was in. And so they said, let's call him this. And so, uh, and so they moved away from a conversation now, n- not to a circumstance. And this is when your children now come to you and they ask, well, why did you call me this name? What's the meaning behind my name? Rowan. Very few people I heard with that name. But where I'm working right now, they come and say, oh, Rowan. Oh, my son's name Rowan. Oh, I've probably heard more people in the span that I've worked with the name Rowan than I have in probably all my 46 years on this planet. So this name, and I hear the name, it just opens up things. And so I asked the question, they said, well, how'd you get named like that? It's an Indian name. How'd you get that name? I said, well, according to what my mom told me, my, my, my godfather or, or my uncle, he, he was a, I believe my godfather, he, you know, he liked cricket. And, and so Rowan Kanai is a famous cricket player. And so that's who he named you after. A cricket player. The circumstances around my name, cricket player. But... The movie, The Lord of the Rings, they had a land called Rowan. And I need to sue him because he used my name without my permission. So I think the, the success of that movie, I should get some royalties, right? They meant somebody. Because they used my name. And so in conversation when I meet people, I said, oh, you remember the movie, The Lord? So they, they connect my name to a situation, to a movie. And they said, okay, okay, that, that, that's, that's, his, that's his name based on circumstance. Based on circumstance. Can I teach you the power of a circumstance? When a child is born, you tell them, oops, I didn't really plan you, circumstance. And so they look back and say, you mean I wasn't planned? And they live with that throughout their life because of the circumstance that was there. The situation that went around with them. And, and when you tell them their stories and, and when they're born and their dad's not around and they, they think, where am I getting my identity from? And, and all that takes place in the circumstance of it. And so therefore, when he says, what is his name? He'll answer, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You see, it's one thing to have a conversation with a stranger who's pushing a baby in a car. But it's another thing for us to go deep, Molly, and to have a conversation around the name and the circumstance. Now you've opened up more to me, right? You're allowing me to come more into your life. You're allowing me to come more. You, you, you now want to get my attention. And so therefore, therefore, Charlie, when you start telling me the circumstance that you're facing, you're not opening more to me. You, you, you want to invite me in now to your life. And so as a church, the gathering place, and all the churches in Maryland, all the churches in the United States of America, it's time that we get involved in people's life and find out the circumstances that they're in. That marriage challenge, that, that parenting challenge, that, that financial challenge. What is the circumstance? Because you're naming stuff. Your name and stuff based on your circumstances. And though you've been given a name, you live based on your circumstances you're facing. And here we are, the preachers, the prophetic is telling you, live according to your name. And he says, no, Ron, you don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand my situation. I'm naming myself based on, on my circumstance and my situation. And here it is now that this nation in Exodus chapter 1 verse 1, and as I hurry, these are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family. Joseph was a household name. But in verse 6 of Exodus chapter 1, now Joseph and all his brothers and all of that identity died. The circumstances that they were facing was everyone was dead. And the Bible says in verse 8, Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. And prophetically, listen to me, church. Listen to me very carefully. 
Listen to me. I'm telling you right now that we are back in the same situation again. That there are people that are being raised to power that don't know the God of Israel. And the result is we have a generation now who say, what is his name? Our children that were sending off to school is coming back because educators say, listen to me, question the very foundation of your faith. What is his name, mom? What is his name, dad? Who is this God you are talking about? Joseph was no longer a household name. And so, please understand, Joseph, if this new king recognized Joseph was who God used to save a nation from economic disaster. And I must know that this nation, we need a prophetic word. We need someone to rise up, come on, and be a voice that can speak prophetically to these economical challenging times that we have and these political times. But I believe that God, according to Daniel chapter 2, he raises up kings and he lowers kings and he turns them wherever they need to go. And I believe that before it's all over, that we are converging on what I call the perfect storm. And God operates great things on a perfect storm. Listen to me. What we need in this political storm, this prophetic storm is this. We don't need some one is just going to teach us how to struggle in the storm we don't listen to me we don't need someone who's going to tell me how to survive the storm that's what we've been getting but i'm here to say with boldness and with the boldness that god has given to me this morning i sense his presence and i know his power is here what we need now is someone who can speak to the storm So in your decision, when you go into the booth and every decision you make, don't just vote for anyone in anything who can only teach you how to struggle in the storm. Don't lean on anyone that can just teach you how to survive the storm. Make sure you find somebody who can speak to the storm. And when the church gets a voice loud, people will be filling these seats because they know that the storm that I'm going through, the circumstances that I've named, the circumstances that are prevailing against me, I need someone who can speak to the storm. And the only one who can speak to the storm is Jesus. And he told the church, listen to me, let's get to the other side. Let's get to the other side. Church, we must gear. We must lead this ship to the other side. We must lead this nation to the other side. And the only way that can happen is when we understand that God is and must become a household name again. God, by elevating Joseph, gave a strategic plan for this nation. And it might be you. It might be you. It might be you. Don't limit yourself that God can use it to get a strategic plan. That you can call your senator. You can call your congressman. You can call your man. You can say with boldness, listen to me. I want you to look. Listen and look. Do you believe this morning, gathering place, those who are listening, those who are watching, do you believe you can be that voice like Joseph? Here is why Pharaoh couldn't wipe them out because his name meant increase. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Watch, I'm, I'm going to expose the enemy. Watch this now. Oh gosh, I got, I got 10 minutes. Watch this now. The church is under great persecution. It is. But the media wants to bring it to fear. I'm, 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 watch this now. I want you to listen to me. In the world, a persecuted class of people are protected. So, the refugees in Syria and other parts of the world, they're considered a protected class because they're being persecuted. And so the more we talk about the persecution, the more they get protection because we name them. And what has happened is the enemy now has said this, the church doesn't understand the law of persecution. <laughs> but other nations understand persecution causes protection. And so as we then continue to speak or the, the media continues to magnify the persecution of other nations now, they become even more protected. And what happens is this, is that their cause gets elevated and the enemy sweeps in undetected because their cause got elevated and the enemy's like, ooh, I got him where I want him to go right now. But when the church now and the believer is persecuted, we got no protection. 
we have no, 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 no. You can't live a convicted life like that. That doesn't work. You can't do it. And I'm going to show you now what happens here as I continue. It says now, watch this now. Joseph used to be a household name. And so here's what happens now. Here is what I believe Moses when he went and says, God, what do you want me to tell them your name is? Because here they're not asking your name for clarification. They're asking your name for comparison. They're not asking the name because they want to get some clarity. They're asking it because, number three, they want comparison. Because it went from a conversation. It went through a circumstance. Now it's to a comparison. And look what has happened. It's very easy. If you look what's happening. The political power in Egypt not only endorsed, but promoted a pluralistic and a pagan culture that influenced the nation of Israel. That in elevating this king, in elevating plurality, or elevating paganism, what happened was now, they endorsed and they promoted this thing. And what we have now is what we call world religion. And so now, when they ask the question, what is his name? It is in comparison to the other religions out there. And so what you didn't know is that when I got a hold of this child, the future generation, this child, this future generation was sitting, was sitting on two books. They were sitting on two books that, that, that outside of the Bible, that they were sitting on a book that, that, that says one nation under God's plural, but they were also being pushed by, and, and sitting on another book says, says the book that made your world, how the Bible created the soul of Western civilization and so here we now here it is now that this thing that you've been pushing around now that 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 you've been naming is leading is sitting and has to compare is it going to be one nation under gods or one nation under god what is his name i'm not endorsing these offers i don't know where they stand but the title of their book got my attention and as we're seeing people are looking and they are listening and they are reading and when we come and say when we say the, the name of god they're saying what is his name and they go to our children they say to them who are you going to choose who are you going to compare who is the name brand? They're not asking for clarification. They're not even asking for conviction. They're asking for comparison. And what has happened is this. And the church, the religious church, has fallen for the trap. We have fallen for the bait. But I'm here to expose that. Because what has happened is this. The author in the book, One Nation Under God, in the front cover, someone was writing. Listen, listen very carefully when I read this. And I'm going to wrap up. Listen. He says, look at Americans and their many gods. This author fills the country's story of itself from a 19th century Muslim scholar jailed as a runaway slave. To the woman persecuted, to the woman persecuted as witches in Salem. And those, and who they really were from oppressed Buddhists in California during World War II to spiritual experimentation in the 1960s. E- event to the most recent presidential election. He's talking about the, the previous presidential election. Where both candidates... Well, for the first time, non-traditional Christians. Listen to me. There's a storm that is rising. And every hurricane, they give it a name. They give it a name. And this storm that is coming, we must ask God, what is its name? What is its name? For some in Maryland, it might be called drug infestation. For some cities, it could be called something else. But what is this storm that is coming? Because people are comparing. And so what has happened now is we want this. We want, we want to coexist now. If I can get my child, we, we, we want to coexist now. And so every religion has its place. And so what we have done now is we have gathered people together and we said, let's have interfaith dialogue. Let, let, let's everybody come together and let, and let us coexist with the different world religions out there. And so let's be tolerant of everybody and, and, and let's welcome every faith because, because it, is the, it, is the, it is a new American history. We're not really one nation under God. We're not really a Christian nation. Who told you that? 
Who told you that as Christians you had the authority to, to, to bring in your God into this equation? Who, whoever told you that? We are a pluralistic nation from our foundation. The founding fathers weren't all Christians. And some of them had the Koran and some of them had all these things. And now we must, to, to, to create peace and to create harmony and to solve the world's problem just like tied to get the stain out, we've got to coexist to get the fear out. And we've entered into a dialogue to silence the church so we can answer the question when they ask it, what is his name? So now we have diversity training. Now we have all these different things that's taking place. In the Olympics, America celebrated one of the great histories where the first Muslim athlete participated that was selected to light the torch or to carry the, the, the flag of the United States of America. Uh, and so now we're celebrating that. And so, and so we celebrate that because, because we are getting to a place now where, where we're celebrating all of this, right? Because it's about comparison, isn't it? Isaiah 40, in my last five minutes, Isaiah 40, verse 18, 25 says, With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Isaiah 40, verse 18 and verse 25 says the Holy One. Oops. Ah, the Holy One. Moses, take off your shoes because the ground is holy. I'm not like every other God. So, so when you encounter me, take off your shoes because the very ground is holy. And so watch this now. Here is the goal. Here is the ultimate goal of having a relationship, Ian. Here is the ultimate goal, McKenna, of having a relationship with your daddy. Here is the ultimate goal, Mother Cook, having a relationship. I just don't want to have a conversation with you. I just don't want to know the circumstances behind you. As great as that is, I've got to go deeper. Someone say deeper. Oh, you got to go deeper because to answer the question, what is his name? You got to go deeper. And I just don't want you to compare the other gods out there. It's not going to work. What I want is this. I want to get a revelation of your character. A revelation of your character. And I'm here to tell you that many religions can't get you to a holy God who loves you. It's a God you got to work. And you got to do all this kind of penance. And you got to labor. And it only gets you so far. But here is God reveals us. I am the holy one. I am the only one. And so our message is inclusive. Don't let them lie and say your message is not inclusive. Our message is inclusive. It's the most inclusive message on the planet. Anybody that wants to come, they can come. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We're the most exclusive. Come on, somebody. We believe, I don't care if you're black, white, red, brown, poor, rich. Come on in. Because everybody meets at the cross. We are inclusive. We're very much inclusive. The issue is this. The message is inclusive. But the message is also exclusive. Uh, because as we all come together, we journey to Christ. And so, uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so, when I tell you what is his name, I'm revealing his character. His characteristics. And so, in conclusion... God then says, I get it, Moses. I get it. I got to deal with your shame. I got to deal with the fame. Now I'm going to give you my name. And he says now, I am who I am. And he says, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to this people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Throughout all generations. God revealed his character, and he wants to reveal his character to you and I and to this nation. He reveals himself. His name was so holy that the scholars couldn't write his name for fear of taking his name in vain. That's how holy he was. 
So they didn't put the vowels in there. They just used the letters, the Y and the H and, 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 and the other letters, the four letters that made up. And it says Yahweh, as some pronounce it. It says, that is my name that I'll be remembered forever. He reveals to Moses a different dimension. And he revealed to, to, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He reveals his character to Moses because of his assignment and gathering place. But bodies of Christ, as we wrap up now, come on, get, get, worship team, get up. Watch this now. He's revealing his character. He says, for that time, I need to be the God of Abraham. And for that time, I had to be the God of Isaac. And for that time, I had to be the God of Jacob. And for that time, I had to be the God of Moses. But now, I'm revealing myself to this nation. Oh God. He is revealing his character. He's not an actor that's just playing somebody. God is the real deal. He is the authentic. He is the original. And he says there in Exodus chapter 6 verse 2. God said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. And why must we know the name of God? Here's your assignment. We're going to sing every promise of God. Yes, amen. Here's your assignment if you want to take it. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment now. So they're on this journey. He tells Moses, this is my name. Moses goes down. Moses, this is his name. The people is now coming out of, out, out of Egypt. He's, he's dealt with Pharaoh. God's done his miraculous thing. They're going. But though they came out of Egypt, Egypt was still inside of them. And they were still comparing gods because when Moses went to get revelation, to get the name, when he went to get revelation, they says, build us a calf like we did in Egypt and bring us back there again. And America, if we are not careful, we will have our American idols and we'll go back to the place of, of where we were before. God has prospered this nation. You may not want to call him that. You may want to give credit to something else, but I'm here to tell you, I will say it loud. I will say it proud. God sent me to America. I was conceived and born in Jamaica, lived in Canada, but God says your assignment now is to America. And I'm telling the people of America, listen to me and look. I'm just one of the voices. Crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. On this, my fourth and sixth birthday, what an honor my daddy will give to me to preach a prophetic word on my birthday. To tell this nation, to tell this great nation that I love. Because I chose to come here. And many of you are born here and I chose to come here. Because the prosperity that you have as a nation, you must protect your prosperity. And the only way to protect it is to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Don't despise the days of small beginning gathering place. Don't you look back at what we're seeing right now. Look unto the hills and when come at your help. Your help comes from the Lord and every single one of his promises are yes and they're amen. Now watch this now. Here's your assignment. Moses now is leading the people of, of, of God out. And the people got to idol worship. And God says, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to wipe out every single one of these Americans. Everything I've done for you, look what you're doing. Now promoting this, promoting that. They were facing a storm. God Almighty, I'm feeling this thing. Help me pray this thing too, Della. Come on, help me. I need the generation that knows what it's like to wait on God. And to eat. I, got, I need you to help me pray this thing through. Because there's a generation that we are pushing towards this destiny. And they're sitting on philosophy that's not of God. I need you. I need you to get back to your knees and cry out for this nation. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Come on, come on. We've been blessed to have multiple generations gathered together in one place. That we bring our voices together and we say, listen to me and look. So Moses now is conversating with God. They go full circle. The character of God is revealed to Moses. And they go full circle. God says to Moses, Moses, get out of my way. You stand between me and my judgment. Not my fairness, my judgment. Get out of my way, Moses. Get out of my way, gathering place. I want to take Marion out. After everything I've done for this nation, they still won't acknowledge me. Moses, God, I'm staying right here. 
right here, God. We're going to have a conversation. Good God Almighty. I'm, sir, I need your muscles. I'm standing right here. Because God, you called me from the burning bush. And you sent me to these people. And you told me that your promises was yes and amen. So God says to Moses, get out of my way. These are stiff-necked people. Take the label off God. Take the label off God. Because I've lived running with the label of a murderer. Take the name off. And look what Moses does. Moses doesn't just continue a conversation. Moses doesn't talk about his circumstance. Moses doesn't compare God. Moses goes to his character. He says, God! Let me tell you about your character. Do you want the Egyptians? God Almighty. Do you want the Egyptians to question your character? God's like, whoa, shaka. Because they ask, what is your name? And I said, your name is yes and amen. Come on. God, your name is yes and amen. That's what I told them. Your name is yes and amen. Come on, come on. Everyone under the sound of my voice. I want you to worship the God of yes and amen. Come on, I want you to raise your hands and worship the God of yes and amen. Stand in between the judgment of God and the justice of his people. No, God! Your character! Your character! Don't let the Egyptians say you couldn't do what you said you could do. Don't let the Egyptians say. Don't let them question your character. I told them that you were yes and amen. Come on, come on, come on. If you want to be a voice, I want you to come. If you want to be a voice to speak to a nation, I want you to come. Come on, come, come, come. Come. Come on, leave your seat. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Our yes and amen. All your promises. Our yes and amen. Come on, come on. All your promises are yes and amen. Yes, every promise. All your promises are yes and amen. Come on, gather in place. Sing it.
And because I declared your character, he says, manifest your glory. But God is telling me to tell you prophetically. Instead of saying, show me your glory. God is saying, show me old glory, which represents the name of the flag. And God is saying, you're saying to God, show me old glory. Show me where America is in the plan and in the will of God. And as you worship God, he's showing you his glory for America. He's showing you what he wants to do with America. And if we will come together as one voice, and if we will say to America, listen to me, and look. America, all your promises are yes and amen. And I know it looks rough out there. But we have woken up Jesus. We tried to get the water out ourselves. The boat has been rocking. We now are waking up Jesus and says, Jesus, speak. Jesus, speak. So open your mouth. My final statement, open up your mouth and say to the storm, spoke to the storm the disciple says what manner of man is this that can speak to the storm and I'm here to tell you America America we are speaking to this nation peace prosperity and prepare the way of the Lord because he's coming and he's coming because every one of his promises are yes and amen 60 seconds out let's sing it one more time all your promises are yes and amen all your promises 